posted on dimlywit.com. My name is Dr. Daryl Appleton, and this is Feelings and Other F-Words. The F-Word of the day is a loaded one, and it's one that I personally have struggled with for many years. I'm getting better. I promise I'm getting better, but it's one that is super heavy, and that's because we're talking about forgiveness. I, I know. I know. I can already feel some of you and, and your energy. I totally get it. It's such a hard thing. I I got to be honest. I remember everything. I just have one of those brains. I may not remember your name, but I will absolutely remember if you start talking to me, I will remember the last time we talked. I'll be like, oh my God, how's your mom? She was just going for back surgery, right? I'm just a freak like that. I'm sure I have an overdeveloped hippocampus uh, from just my job of talking to a bunch of people all the time. So I remember everything And Jimmy Appleton will absolutely attest to this. I have been known to bring it all up when I need to. Things that have been dead and buried a long time. I will just say, zombies, let's go. Zombies of fights past. I call you to the table. And it's because, I guess, if I'm talking out loud and processing out loud, the forgiveness isn't fully complete. But again, I have gotten better. Now, because this is such a loaded word, we really need to figure out what forgiveness is by understanding what it's not. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. I am not talking about reconciliation in this episode. I am not talking about making things better with another person. What I am talking about is how to move forward from something, how to not let your past impact your present. And honestly, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of self-help books and gurus out there that will suggest that forgiveness means becoming best friends with the person who hurt you or saying what happened to you was okay or, you know, being okay with what it was that, you know, caused you pain. That's it. This is not any of that. And I don't mean that in a touchy feely way where, you know, insta therapy culture says like everything is trauma. Everything is terrible. You can live in that and stay in that forever. That's your truth. What I'm saying is much more in a gray area between those two polar opposites. I am saying that forgiveness in the wise words of Oprah, actually, actually, forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past could be any different. It's choosing to accept that what happened to you happened rather than idealizing over what could or should have happened. Forgiveness is about letting go, not about reconciliation, but about letting go of that thing that potentially haunts your present. And it could mean loving somebody from a distance. It could mean moving forward and setting stricter boundaries. But ultimately, it's taking your your present back by lifting the anchor from the past if i'm to to put an analogy to it like a sailor like you you have to pull the anchor up in order for your ship to move and i do think that we get confused sometimes and it's 
hard to forgive. It's hard to even know how to start. And I want to I want to be very clear here, right? There are some things that happen to us that are unspeakable that we that things people potentially do to other people that should never be done to an, a child or a person, anything like that. And when we talk about forgiveness, sometimes it's forgiving ourselves. Sometimes it's, again, letting go that it's happened and understanding that it is a chapter in your story. It is not the entire story of you. So what comes with this is a caveat. If you are finding trauma, big or small, forgiveness, big or small, or hurt, big and small, if you are finding that you are in the throes of PTSD, if you are having flashbacks, if you are having hypervigilant moments where you're hyper aware, you are finding that it's impacting your sleep, your eating, your sex drive. If you find that you're actively living in these traumas, forgiveness is not for you right now. And I'm going to say that people might disagree, but I say, I have a few F words for you on that. No, I say, go to somebody and work on it. I say, figure it out, process it, because I want you to get to a place where you can forgive. But if you are actively feeling all the feelings, if you're feeling all the symptoms of of acute stress disorder or PTSD, this is not the time and place to move forward from it because you're not even yet processed it. So that's the caveat here. This is for where we're on the other side of it. And when I got write-in stories, and there were a lot, A lot of you guys wrote in about a family members that you're mad at or deciding whether or not to forgive. B, things that happened 20, 30 years ago that you're still angry about and still hurt you, which brings me to two points in my mind. Number one, holy hell, we have no idea how much we can, how much we do or say potentially impacts another human being's life. And number two is y'all have some grudges. Holy hell, I thought I was bad. But uh, some of you out there are really holding firm. And listen, there's this part of me that that uh, I get it. I totally get it. When I looked into the science of this, there was so much. I was actually taken back with how much scientific data there was about forgiveness with brain and behavior, neuropsychology, physiologic, physiological studies, it it was, it's mind blowing. And how I actually got to this episode was not because I wanted to unpack forgiveness because I want to stay away from it as as much as I can. Because again, I struggle with it from time to time. But it was because I was reading Kevin Dutton's book, The Wisdom of Psychopaths. And it's a great book for those of you who don't know about it. And he was talking a lot about the scientific makeup of psychopaths. And to be fair, psychopaths aren't people, you know, like in our slasher movies who are like putting on masks and killing people with coat hangers and closets. Um, Psychopaths are potentially people who run companies. They're people that walk among us. And we can actually, from Kevin Dutton's perspective in his book, learn a lot from them and how to run businesses or how to not be as sensitive uh, through their looking through their lens, if that makes any sense. So anyway, I went down this path and I'm like, hmm, I, I wonder what the science is about it, blah, blah, blah. Obviously very interested in all things, serial killers, psychopaths, shadow selves, all of that. And I ended up on the front door of forgiveness. 
And it was because I was reading this study that said that psychopaths perceive and process reward and pain much differently. Like they, they see pleasure as causing pain versus relieving pain. You know, they see uh, they're potentially apathetic to things that would normally elicit a response in other human beings. Um, you know, like if you saw a cute puppy with a broken leg, a lot of us would be like, oh, my God, that poor thing. Um, whereas somebody who is a psychopath doesn't necessarily want to go and kill the puppy again. Let's get that vision out of our mind. But somebody that's like, it's a dog with a broken leg. Like, I, how am I supposed to relate to that? So please, <laughs> please don't go around calling people psychopaths uh, when they may not actually be. Now, if we were to open the brain up and this is still same study, right? If we were to open the brain up, we'd see in the limbic system, which is a very core part of our brain, a very um, from an evolutionary standpoint, it's a very primary part of our brain. There's a, almost this happiness gauge and it activates by feeling joy, pleasure, excitement, or it's registering sadness, depression, grief, things like that. And they actually find that people who are psychopaths are more easily offended. They found that people who didn't have forgiveness as a trait were more likely to become agitated with things that were seemingly harmless. And it went further into discussing that, number one, forgiveness might actually be a trait, meaning some of us are predispositioned to be more forgiving and thus some of us not being predispositioned. The difference between Jimmy Appleton and myself. Um, but also that even though it's a trait we're born with, not an excuse. You can't just be like, I wasn't born with the forgiveness gene. So sorry. It is also a trait that can be altered and shaped throughout a life. So sorry, we can't get away with just saying it's how I was born. But they also found this warrior gene, and it was linked to antisocial behavior. And when I was reading stuff about the warrior gene, as I followed this trail into deep parts of Google, I couldn't understand a lot of it the first time around. So I had to like really continue to like go places with it. But what I got from it when I boiled it down is that it's linked to it is the main link. This mutation of a gene called the warrior gene is linked to more aggression in people. And it's linked to retaliation over things that are relatively small more often than not. And when I say antisocial behavior, I mean it in the clinical sense. When we're talking about violence, aggression, not people who don't like to be social with other people. I mean it in the very psychologically uh, clinical sense there, which is interesting all in itself, right? That forgiveness, basically, if I'm being, I mean, to the warrior gene, right? This is where our psychopaths kind of bud from in, in some ways. But interestingly enough, what I got from this is the best way to successfully avoid becoming a psychopath is empathy, is forgiveness. It's by exercising this decision, which on some level it is, to move forward in your life and not to get mad because the barista mismade your coffee. 
and thus throw the hot cup in their face. Or the person that cuts you off in traffic to engage in road rage where one of you ends up hurt or worse, which just happened in Rhode Island sidebar. It was a couple months ago. And somebody was telling me about it, that they witnessed this happen. This guy was trying to go around this other person and went into the breakdown lane and tried to cut them off. But because there was so much gravel in the breakdown lane, they flipped their truck and ended up killing their friend. And they, I think, were in critical condition. Uh, And the other person, I think, was okay. But just for what? For what? I mean, like, because you got to pee? Like, what? where are you going? Why are you so angry? And I think people don't always focus on their anger like that. They just feel it and let it take hold, which is what we unpacked in one of our previous episodes about functional frustration and the role that anger plays in our life and how to make it play nicely um, versus overtaking control. But there is something to be said about practicing compassion through forgiveness to exercise this muscle so we can stay empathetic, so we can stay healthy. And the Mayo Clinic actually came out with all of these ways, the benefits of forgiving someone, which is wild, right? Like I'm talking about like health benefits. And they said, I'm going to their page right now. They said, letting go of grudges and bitterness can make way for improved health and peace of mind. Forgiveness can lead to the following. Healthier relationships make sense. Improved mental health makes sense. Less anxiety, stress, and hostility, check. Lower blood pressure, linked to stress, right? Check. Fewer symptoms of depression, fair. A stronger immune system, which sidebar, I followed up on this one. Um, In a study about forgiveness, it found that people who are more prone to forgive somebody had lower white blood cell counts, improved heart health, and improved self-esteem. Those are all pretty good pros to get in exchange for forgiveness. And again, I'll say it a million times during this episode, forgiveness does not mean reconciliation with a person that hurt you. Forgiveness is uprooting yourself from hurt in the past and being more present in the today, in the future, in the now. So, I mean, I would... I'm speaking out loud and processing out loud live time. Like that sounds all right to me. I can let go of some shit for less stress, lower blood, lower blood pressure. I'm in. Why though, is it so hard to forgive? What, what makes it so hard? Well, that's because anger feels good. Again, we unpacked this in a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to it, this is your chance. Go back, listen to it because it'll explain a lot of this. But anger does feel really good because it's a protection. It protects those vulnerable pieces of us that were hurt to begin with. And anger is a manifestation of that fear. Anger is fear's bodyguard, right? All of that stuff. It's true. And when we feel really vulnerable, especially after we've been hurt, we close down and anger usually fills that space. Yeah. You guys out there dating who have your baggage because that one person cheated on you and now you find the need to go through every person you date their phone or, 
you think that everybody is talking about you behind your back because some girls in high school did it. Or you're definitely getting fired from this job because you got fired from your last one. So every email, you have a mini panic attack that you get. Like, this is baggage. This is baggage. And when we forgive, what, what science is saying is that we're able to process these things a little bit better. We're able to take that narrative and challenge it and forgive ourselves even potentially for some of the parts we might have played in certain hurt. After the break, we are going to get into a story that was sent to me about forgiveness and being confronted with forgiveness and not being ready to forgive. Because after that, I want to walk through some hopefully not light and fluffy that you found on, you know, your church's website, uh, ways to forgive, but some actual hardcore action steps that if you're feeling like you want to explore some forgiveness, you can definitely get into. But after the break, we are going to be talking about this story that was sent to me. Welcome back to Feelings and Other Efforts. About to get into this story that was sent to my inbox. Now, it's a little long, so bear with me, but I think it's interesting because it's about being presented with an opportunity to forgive and potentially choosing not to, but here we go. When I had our eldest child, I planned for just my husband and I to be there. I wanted support, but not to be overwhelmed. And he was happy it would just be us. He said that if I'd let my sister in the room like he wanted, he would have expressed his issues with it. The labor seemed fine enough. A buddy wanted to see him before the buddy went on vacation. Buddy even had the audacity to say I should have had the baby sooner. My husband went off to see him. He never asked. He just told me and I was having a contraction. So I literally couldn't even tell him I wanted him to stay. While he was gone, things took a turn and they told me I was becoming high risk. I opted for an epidural in the event I needed an emergency C-section because they said I was on my way to the OR if our heart rates got worse. I wanted to wait, but I couldn't take the pain, stress, or lack of support all at once. The nurse did her best to assure me I was amazing and making a good choice. My husband strolls back in, big smile on his face, and starts talking about the fun he just had. I cut him off and tell him I was livid, hurt, and that he could go sit in the corner until pushing time. Which, flag on the play? Flag on, there's a lot of flags in this play, but just highlighting that one, um, you're treating your partner like a child. Maybe he acted like one, but again, uh, the lady, the woman's in labor too. I mean, I have mixed emotions. I'm fighting with myself as I read this. Anyway, I'm not here to judge. He was only there because I wanted to tell our child he was present for the birth, that I was the better person and that he should be grateful. This woman is still very hurt, clearly. He sulked away and the nurse treated him accordingly. I stayed high risk and the room flooded with nurses at pushing time. Fortunately, the baby and I surprised them and we were both monitored for a few days. I agreed to go back to our home under the condition that every single demand I had was met. He agreed, though we continued to have some rough moments. There's a lot of punishment happening here, right? There's totally a lot of punishment. With our second, I had my sister present. I told him it's because I knew she wouldn't let me down. He didn't argue, but I know he was hurt by this. The birth went really well and he was a good support. Oh boy. We have had many ups and downs, including a separation. And now we are trying to reconcile our end. We're in therapy, as you know. He brought up this recently and asked if I forgave him. I told him no. 
I told him I'm never going to. I don't bring it up anymore, but the anger and the disappointment I feel then is still as strong as it is now, which is tough, right? It's impacting your day-to-day life. And I'm not saying you need to forgive him, but at what point do you not move on from the situation? Like put it to bed. But again, not my life. He can, she can do whatever she wants. Uh, he looked defeated and he said, I can't apologize anymore for it. As long as I hold on to the anger, we are going to have trouble moving on and building trust. And I don't disagree with him, but I don't think I can forgive him for that. I know he's made improvements, but that moment changed how I felt about him and saw him as a person. I honestly feel like allowing him in the room at all was the kindness, was all the kindness he could have asked of me. But admittedly, I did that for our child. I don't bring it up. And our therapist said that I am good at giving opportunities, but I don't think I'll ever be able to say I forgive you for that. And the thing is like, I don't know. I'm not sure why, right? I get it. I understand. You may have changed how you saw him as a person. It may have because your trust was broken. You were hurt. You felt abandoned. And I'm wondering, you know, there might be some abandonment themes that are are coming through here. And all of that is absolutely valid. And it elicits a lot of hurt. But I think that this is a good example of forgiveness or lack thereof. And how sometimes it's so complex. And again, I'm not here to judge. Whatever you decide to do is what you decide to do. My question usually is to my clients, what's the cost? What's the cost of not forgiving? Maybe not even him, but the situation by letting the situation go. Because everything comes with a price. If you learn anything from me in these podcasts, know that every feeling comes with a price tag. So if you want to hold on to that anger, yes, it is like... a drinking poison and expecting the other person to die because it comes with a price. And sometimes that price is your marriage. And I know from this situation that the marriage did end and it ended for many reasons. And this might've compounded on that, but sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what is this costing me? Now I'm going to go through some ways that we can forgive. The how is always a big thing here, right? How? How do I do it? Sounds great, Daryl. Now what do I do? How do I do this? Number one, you need to name what the hurt is. And the hurt isn't he wasn't there, you know, for me in the birthing room uh, or he went to go see his friend. The hurt is I felt abandoned. I felt less than. I felt second to in a time where I should have been put first. I felt like I couldn't rely on you. You broke my trust. Because once we start getting into the concrete of it versus you went with your friend, then you could be answered with, I was only gone for five minutes. And all of a sudden we're fighting about details rather than addressing the problem. So once you name your hurt, specifically where it hurts and why it hurts, you might be better able to lean into how to fix it and the forgiveness. And I think that goes into the second thing of processing the impact that the hurt had on your life. How did it impact you? What did you see as a result of feeling hurt that way? What were the factors that were involved? I have my clients a lot of times... I like gestalt therapy. Gestalt is a little, it's like, it's avant-garde. It's avant-garde therapy. And I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I like a lot of elements of it. 
So something even like in a, like a tangible action action step of writing a letter to the person that hurt you and putting everything on that page. Say everything you need to say. I'm not suggesting send it, but I want you to get it all out. Do not leave anything unsaid and then burn it safely with a fire extinguisher near or rip it up and throw it into the wind or whatever, you know, like literally get rid of it. Don't hold on to it because hi, holding on to your anger note doesn't feel like it's going to help with any forgiveness. The goal here is almost to purge, to get it out, to reread it and feel some type of release from that. I've had clients who've like tied it to rocks and thrown it into the ocean or again, whatever, whatever you decide to do with it is okay with me. Just, you know, you're playing with fire, literal fire, be careful. And then I want you to figure out in this third step what your boundaries are and how to communicate and honor them. Because once you figure out what the hurt is and the impact you had in in your life with it or around it, then you start to see where your boundaries are. And your boundaries are going to honor your vulnerability, honor the parts of you that feel like you're a burn victim almost, right? And it hurts even to the touch or wind hurts, so to speak. Um, and nobody can get close to you, but allowing for a boundary to happen and to take place and sticking with it. And then there's this element of like three and four kind of. So it's more of a sidestep of three. It's not necessarily like a full step, but anytime while you're figuring out your boundaries, anytime that this anger comes up, if you're committed to forgiveness, right? If that's the path you want to take, anytime that this comes up, this anger, this, you know, in our story here, like thinking about like, right, well, fuck you. You weren't there. I want you to redirect. Imagine, and this is from my aunt. She said it to me many times over the course of my life. And I'm very grateful for her because I do it all the time. Imagine a big red stop sign. I want you to imagine a stop sign being like, stop, look both ways before you cross this very angry road, because you're going to go and you're going to spiral into something that you may not be able to get out of. So I want you every time that you're feeling like the justifications come up or you're feeling like you're being um, provoked or you're in the middle of a fight with the person that you're trying to forgive or a situation remind you of the thing that you are trying to let go of. Imagine that stop sign. I'm not saying don't get triggered, get triggered, but I want you to stop and I want you to respond to it rather than react to it. And that is going to be a really key piece in moving forward. And it is a process. It is one step at a time. And at the end of it, you're going to start to see that you care less and less about the thing. Doesn't mean that it wasn't impactful. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that it's toxic positivity. But I think what we're going to start to see is when confronted with things that feel like that situation, when I was hurt so deeply, I can see it for what it is. I don't carry around this emotional baggage. I know it's different and I know how to protect myself. I know how to leave a situation. Don't stay in it. Or I know how to navigate through it because I have really, really great coping skills. If you're looking for some extra journaling prompts, as I know you all are, because who doesn't love a good journaling prompt? You can ask yourself things like, who can you forgive? Are you ready to forgive? And is that person me? Because that self-forgiveness piece on things that maybe you know you done wrong with and fucked up on, because thou shall not judge because thou has fucked up too. 
that piece too, I think is a really important part of healing and managing this really big F word so we can move forward in our life. Till next time, friends and forgiveness family. I wish you well on this journey because again, it is a big one and I will probably see you along the way. I will be on this path as well. I have some thinking to do. Until then, I will see you next week on another episode of Feelings and Other Efforts. Bye. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hosted on dimlywit.com.